Hello, you're listening to Bricks and Mortar from EG with Sarah Jackman. My guest today is Nikki Richmond, ex-property finance lawyer and former managing partner of specialist real estate legal firm Breacher. Regular listeners will recall that Nikki and I spoke a couple of months ago to discuss her career and today she returns to start a three-part series in which we'll examine some of the key skills that assisted her in developing that career. To kick off the series, we're looking at networking, a key skill in any profession, but particularly in professional services, where marketing and client work is intrinsic to the role. Nikki, thank you so much for joining me in person in the studio today. Great to have you back, as always. Um, And we're going to speak a little bit more about some of the skills that you've honed over your time as a property finance lawyer. We're speaking today about networking specifically. And I suppose the best place to kick off is to look at what we're actually talking about when we talk about networking. I know it can take many forms and guises. So just set out for me what, what we're talking about. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for that intro. I thought I'd ask my husband what he thought networking was because he always comes out with left field answers. And I wasn't quite prepared for the brutality of the one that he actually used. So I said to him last night as we were having dinner, so like, if I say the word networking to you, what does it mean? Oh, it means using people. And I think there is that negative connotation about networking. And uh, just reading a, an article on my way here was about network events. She said, the woman who was writing it, networking event, the two bleakest words in the English language. <laughs> and I think that that's how a lot of people think about networking. Uh, it's a necessary evil. It's something I have to do as part of my job. It's not something I want to do. And. I think I'd like to also differentiate networking from marketing because obviously there's a sort of Venn diagram bit in the middle where those both meet. But I would define networking as creating a group of people who are sort of mutually minded and actually where the relationship is mutually beneficial that can carry you through your career. And the network that you create is your network it isn't the firm's network although those might again coincide but it's your personal network you can either network up or across and lots of people just think about networking as across so the difference with marketing marketing is really selling the business that you're working in and the the connections that you make in marketing are not necessarily portable though they might be And I think it's true to say that effective networking will automatically be marketing. So I'm interested by one of the things that you mentioned there. You mentioned at the outset, it's something people often think about as having to do, but not necessarily something people always enjoy. How do people get to a point where they enjoy it? How, how does it become something that people are able to do and that they're able to enjoy as part of their professional work? Well, I think some people automatically do enjoy it because they're very social and they are 
naturally gregarious and those people won't have a problem going to a social event with a room full of people and chatting around. For people like me, who it's a particularly painful thing to actually go to a room full of people where I just think, oh my God, like a rabbit in the headlights. I think there are tricks that you can use. But before I go to that, I actually think that networking is a much wider thing than just being in a room full of people. Mm. So I think if you're somebody who has a problem with that particular type of networking, and that's many of us, think about networking in a different way. Think about it about going to smaller events, events with people your own age in your peer group, workshops. So not events where you are faced with a crowd of people you don't know. And also one-on-one -on -one networking. Mm. So basically making contacts with people in your industry, in other firms, in other organisations, and your firm will encourage this. So you really, you'll be supported and paid to do it. And this is a, a situation where <laughs> you're working in a firm who are paying for you to build up your own network, which you might take elsewhere, which is you know another issue altogether. But actually take advantage of that. So if your firm can pay for memberships to things, do those things, join organisations, and especially if you're younger, Certainly in the law, and I know in property, there are lots and lots of organisations that you can join for juniors just starting. And it may be absolute anathema to you. And it pretty much was for me quite a lot of the time. But when I did it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. And I think that there is something around just acceptance that there's no way for you to make it really easy if it's something you're going to struggle with. And it's just something you're going to have to push yourself and do really and many a time I thought oh, I don't want to go to that event or I don't want to go to that drink but I would meet somebody really really interesting and I often came back and thought had I not gone to that I wouldn't have met that really interesting mm. person or made that interesting contact and I cannot tell you how many times that happened I mean I also went to many things where I met nobody at all I was bored to tears and I went home and thought well that was a waste of time but that's just the way it is. You absolutely have to kiss a lot of frogs in any industry to find the prize. So I think you just have to stick at it and accept that it's never going to be massively comfortable, but understand that you can leave if it's really uncomfortable. I mean, I've had horrific experiences where I've been sat at a dinner and I've been at the end of a table and the person on the other side has spoken to somebody else for two and a half hours and not even looked my way. There are just going to be some of those situations where you get rude people or difficult people. That happens at networking events. You know, if you're in, in a big room, we've all been there. You go there, you're talking to somebody and they're looking over your shoulder for somebody better to come in. I mean, that people like that are just rude. It's nothing to do with you. They are just rude. And note, don't do that yourself because it's a really bad strategy. I mean, I think another thing that people struggle with at those sort of big events, and I know I'm drifting back and forth, no, so excuse no, me. No, it's, it's interesting uh, to hear. At those events is being stuck with the office bore or someone really tedious who just talks about themselves the whole evening. That's happened to me so many times. And in the end, well, there are a number of strategies. You can use the I need to go to the loo strategy, but actually nobody believes it. You can do the I'm going to get a drink at the bar, do you want one? And in a big enough event, you can just disappear. Or you can actually honestly say to somebody, 
I'm sure you need to talk to a lot of other people as well, and I do, because it is a work event and you are there to network and just be straightforward about it. Mm. And I've done that a few times and it's been absolutely fine, absolutely fine. So don't feel like you have to stick there just because somebody else has sort of clamped onto you, like Mm. the sort of two introverts in the corner. Allow yourself to escape. Yeah. One of the things that I'm interested in, I mean, it's, it's really interesting to hear you speak honestly about finding strategies and managing getting used to some of those sort of bigger networking events I guess for many juniors listening to this today they might be wondering how long it perhaps takes to build up to that sort of thing and I know that um, you know right at an outset of a career it's important to start building your network but how long does it take for you to start feeling really comfortable and confident in terms of going to those events? Do you want the honest answer? Yes. You never you never <laughs> will really feel completely at ease but you just won't worry about it so mm. much. So it'll always be a bit of a stretch for people for whom it's a stretch. Yeah. There is a a very easy definition of introvert and extrovert, which I like because it was quite late in my life that I discovered I was an introvert and it was life changing, frankly. But an introvert is somebody that starts the day full and every interaction that they have empties them a little bit. So by the end of the day, they're exhausted. An extrovert starts the day empty and every interaction they have fills them up a bit. So by Mm -hmm. the end of the day, they're buzzing. And that's the difference. And the two don't quite understand each other. And actually, if they did, I think life would be a lot easier. Mm. You mentioned being an introvert and, and working that out a little bit later in your career. To what extent has being an introvert helped in, in terms of being able to nurture particular relationships and so on, or perhaps the way that you've approached certain things? I think... It helps to be an introvert where you're trying to create meaningful relationships. Mm. Generally, and this is general, of course, introverts are really good listeners and good at those in-depth conversations. And actually, it means you go deeper. So you have fewer contacts, but the contacts that you have are often very strong. And actually, for me, that's one of the main advantages is that authenticity and that depth of relationships because I don't really do small talk and I don't really enjoy it. So I'd much rather talk to somebody on a meaningful level. And as an introvert, that just comes more naturally. Extroverts can flit around a room very easily. Introverts, not so much. I think you also, as an introvert don't wing it so much so you prepare a lot more so if you're going to an event you might actually think about what type of people are going to be there if you can find a guest list in these days of GDPR it's practically impossible it's really good to try and work out who you might want to talk to if that was possible or get introduced to and I think what's really really important is to have an elevator pitch for yourself. When somebody asks you what you do or why, to have a few things that you've got ready to say or conversation topics. And it sounds really cringy, doesn't it? Have some conversation topics ready or be prepared to talk about some current events. But frankly, it will stop that huge yawning gap 
that you have sometimes in conversation if you've got something a few things ready to talk about and that's one of the things that I learned how to do I didn't just wing it I started to think about what could I talk about what's going to be relevant to most people or just a hook and I think what I've learned over many years is that people really just like to talk about themselves so the trick is understanding how to get people to talk about themselves do not ask yes and no questions ask open questions why what when how not is this you know and where have you come in from is just lazy although a lot of people start that so i think there are tricks that you can use to make it easier for you and i'm afraid it you know it is a bit cringy like the thought of preparing stuff but at least it holds you in good stead and you don't feel like, oh my God, there's going to be a dreadful silence. I'm not going to be able to say anything. Mm. So I think preparation is helpful. Yeah. You've obviously managed to nurture a lot of relationships over the years. Tell me a little bit about what the key is to maintaining a successful relationship. I mean, obviously meeting people is, is just one part of it, but how do you maintain and nurture those relationships over the years? love that question and and what it allows me to do is use an acronym that I created for myself and because I've got four cats it had to be cat related so it's actually a purr so <laughs> I'm intrigued okay. so I thought about five words about that you could use to help you think about what you need to do to maintain relationships and work, you know, work and build on that those relationships that you meet at that party where people actually do talk to you. So I think the first word is authenticity. The second word is politeness. The third word is utility. The fourth word is reliability. And the fifth one is realism. And the first one is the most important, it's authenticity. So how do you keep people interested in you how do you actually make them want to talk to you? You have to be your authentic self and they might not like you and therefore it's not gonna work. So you be authentic, you, you have to be genuinely interested in what they have to say. And you also, yes, you have to be real. And some people won't like that and that's fine. But the people who do like it will like it a lot. So that's that, politeness is just, you know, common courtesy. If you've been invited to something, send a thank you. Keep in touch. You know, people don't. I mean, I'm amazed at the amount of people I have taken out for lunch or been to places. They don't even get, I, you know, I don't want a handwritten note, although that would be very nice. But an email, a text, absolutely fine. So I think politeness is really key in business life. And that's just being considerate about other people's feelings as well. Utility is another one. Utility is about really... I think the key is not thinking, what can this person do for me? I think that's totally the wrong way to go about networking. It's what can I do for this person? What might we be able to do together? Not what can this person do for me? As soon as you go in with that on your mind, what can this person do for me? Again, the beacon of in inauthenticity <laughs> shines out from you. And no one's interested. You know, I don't like it when somebody comes out and I just think I'm being I'm being used and go back to my husband's, it's using people. If you do it properly, it really isn't using people. It's about service. It's about being useful to people, which brings its own reward. What you put in, you get back. 
I have found that over and over. You must not go in thinking, I am going to get this thing. This is going to be great for me. They are going to give me business. They are going to give me a job. They are going to send me a deal. It doesn't work like that. You've got to have many, many interactions over years, sometimes years. I think there's some something that I read says that it takes about nine interactions to turn a cold contact into somebody who's in your network. Mm. That's not that's a lot. That means a lot of industry events or a lot of coffees, a lot of reaching out, although that is the most horrendous phrase, actually. I'll come on to that in a minute. <laughs> but but sorry, carry on. Yeah. Um, I mean the other thing is reliability is very, very important. If you say you're going to go to an event, go to that event. If you say you're going to do something, do it. So be known as somebody who is reliable, who does what they say they're going to do. And the, the other R, which was realism, is be realistic when it's not working. So let it go. If you keep on knocking at someone's door and you don't get an answer, two or three times just go, thanks very much. That's absolutely fine. Don't take it personally. Do not take it personally. And sometimes it's just not the right time for them or they've got other stuff going on. It won't be anything that you've done wrong or it's just not, it's a misalignment. And that's absolutely fine. You will find that happen. You have to develop quite a thick skin to build a successful network and not take things personally. And I am the queen of taking things personally. <laughs> so that is something I wish I could have learned early on. There, there's no way other than to do it. You get sort of battle hardened by doing it. And you will never, ever feel ready to just tackle that big room. You just won't. You just have to do it anyway, because there's never going to be a time when you think, yeah, got it sorted. I can just do that. Not if you're like me. If you're sensitive and, and a bit anxious, then you're always going to find it a bit of a struggle. Mm. So just allow yourself that it's going to be a bit more difficult for you. Take a few deep breaths and just do it anyway. Mm. We sort of alluded to it a little bit there, but the online side of networking obviously forms a big part of this picture. I mean, we've talked a lot about the, the physical event and, and going into a room and, and how you might sort of nurture uh, relationships on a sort of one-to-one -one personal level. How do you go about doing it online or perhaps maintaining those relationships online? Because I guess over the COVID period, we, we've had to do that an awful lot more. What, what sort of things have struck you about that over the years? Well, I always thought that online was actually a much easier place for people who don't like big groups or don't like networking to hang out because you're basically in your own room and you can control the level of interaction that you have. I think social media and online is now a massive part of networking. There are lots of online events that you can go to and many of them you can have your camera switched off if it bothers you but you're still actually at the event I would say if you can have your camera on better I think there are lots of industry groups that are online I think LinkedIn is a massive massive part of any business networking and I think it's used very badly by a lot of people and people think again I think there's this sort of English thing of not being seen to be trying too hard there's a lot of that but actually you're there to actually do well in your business. If you want to do well, you are going to have to try hard. You don't want to, but you don't want to see it working. Mm. It's it's posting relevant stuff. Again, it's those same things as one on one, being useful, 
relevant information, keeping yourself visible to your network, joining groups on LinkedIn that are part of your interests. I mean, the thing about networking is if it's done well, it's a brilliant support system for you. It's understanding your industry, it's going outside your industry to people who may teach you stuff. Mm -hmm. It's opportunities to get mentors. There's lots of people who would be happy to mentor. I mean, I, it didn't even occur to me that I could ask somebody to be a mentor, but lots of people just are happy to be asked. Mm. I would have been extremely happy to have been asked to be a mentor when I was managing partner. But because law is so hierarchical and because also there's that thing of not being seen to have favorites, yeah. it was very difficult. But actually, I probably could have contacted somebody in another firm when mm. I was junior and said, would you mentor me? Because people often do want to give back or they want to help where they might have been helped. So I think it's actually worth thinking about what's out there for you in terms of networking mm. in a useful way. And uh, it's quite interesting because there's uh, there's mentoring with judges, reverse mentoring. And I think there's a, that's a real trend. And I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of that in most industries. There's a new scheme for judges to be mentored by people who are from diverse backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And I think that's excellent. So I think people in senior positions would welcome it, actually, would welcome approaches yeah. from junior people. And I think what's the worst that can happen? They can say no. Mm. And again, with networking, I mean, just talking about the online and everything else, it's it can be a real learning environment, networking. It's learning about yourself as well. Mm -hmm. And it should be fun. If you get it right, it's fun. I, I have a network now, some of whom have been in my network for nearly 40 years, mm. and who, notwithstanding that I'm not a lawyer, or probably because I'm not a lawyer, our, our relationship now is actually different and better in mm. some ways. And some of those people are now becoming my coachees in my new business because they know me and trust me from a former yes. life. And that's brilliant because it means I haven't had to go out and ask virtual strangers or they refer people to me. And mm. that's great. And that's a genuine network. I'm really grateful for it. To round up, I know we're going to come back next week and, and talk about mentoring and some of the other things that you might need to build on in, in terms of getting started in your career. But just to sum up on the networking side of things, for anyone out there today who's listening and is perhaps in the early stages of their career and is just thinking about how they might go about approaching all of this, what are the three perhaps key things that you might want to just pull out of all of that and say to them? I would say, firstly, join industry groups so that you can meet people across your industry. Go on LinkedIn and make sure your profile is as good as it can be and look at what other people are doing and make yourself go to industry events, even if you don't want to, so that you start developing a thicker skin and can do it without panicking. Nikki, on that note, we'll leave it for today, but thank you so much for joining me it's been a real pleasure to have you on the podcast and we'll look forward to seeing you again actually in two weeks I think I said a week just now but we'll see you again in a couple of weeks for part two and we're going to be discussing then 
early career development in a much broader sense. So we'll have a look at mentoring and just some of the other tools that you might need in your toolkit once you're into your early career and you're really looking to to get that accelerated. Thank you very much. Thanks, Sarah. That was Bricks and Mortar from EG with Sarah Jackman. For more on developing a career in real estate, see the archive of the Bricks and Mortar series at podbean.com and the EG Radius archive at egi.co.uk.